Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Danny. And this is Welcome to Undergrad. We're two college seniors. That's us. Tell you all the tips and tricks veteran students picked up throughout their college careers. So if you're stressed out about college. Or don't even know where to begin, relax. Buckle in. And welcome welcome to to undergrad. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing today? I'm Zachary. Gonna get my own name wrong. I'm Zachary Smith here with Danny Mudvari, where we're bringing you another edition of Welcome to Undergrad, or maybe I should rather say Story Time here today, because it's what we have lined up for you today. A lot of our college stories here. Welcome to Undergrad. If you're not familiar with it, is a show, is a radio show that's based on uh, trying to get information about college itself out there. You know, Danny and I, we've been doing this for a while now. We've picked up a thing or two and our perspective is extremely fresh. We are in the middle of things. But before I go any farther, how are you doing today, Danny? I'm doing good. I think we're hitting that spot in the in the semester where everyone is tired and just want to get just wants to get over with. All right. So really for today's show, the the, the theme is does what doesn't kill you make you stronger? That phrase, does that actually apply to college? Uh, I'm not quite sold on it. I'm not sure if you're quite sold on it. It seems like there's a lot of times in college where it'd be like, uh, I would, the easy way out would have gone way better. Yeah, I think uh, especially in some of the classes that you think uh, you think are going to go easier, and then all of a sudden you you find out that the professor wants actually to take the class seriously, even though the professor knows that that class is not serious <laughs> at all. Uh, and in that sense, I definitely didn't didn't think that 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 saying was true. I mean, I was taking. Uh, a class that obviously didn't kill me. It was just annoying and boring and stuff. But I, I, I mean, I didn't gain anything out of it. At the end, I just decided to drop it because, I mean, I wasn't going to get my GPA lowered by a class that I didn't care about. But if you, if you had stayed with it and, like, really put yourself to the grindstone there, would it have helped you out in the long run, do you think? I don't think so. It was an anthropology class. And oh, yeah. It was like introduction to anthropology. It's, it's, just, it's just another step to graduation. It's not an exactly. education. It's not, it's, not some, it's not your life goal to take an anthropology class. It's something that you're required to do for your degree that's not going to have any really effect on you later in life. I mean, if you are in high school right now and your life goal is to take an anthropology class, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I'm good sorry. For you. I'm, I'm sorry and good for you, but uh, but yeah, certainly not for you as a broadcast major. I, I remember there was a couple like everyone in that class was not an anthropology major. There was like a couple people, and and she knew that she just didn't understand it. She was like, okay, we're gonna take this class as if all of you are going to be anthropologists one day, and then we're gonna do projects and we're gonna do this, and you have to read six books at the time. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. So. Uh, so in that sense, definitely not. I don't think I. I don't think it would have. I would have gained anything from from writing the class out. But for example, um, in the in the sense where where it has been through true, is my history class where I did gain something from it, and I expect to use it eventually if I ever decide to go into politics. I think knowing history is 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 quite important. And I, that class was a little bit boring. It was a little bit uh, annoying doing all the essays and all that stuff. But I still I I wanted to learn. Through the end, so uh, and I, I think it was worth it. I got to be on it mainly because I didn't. I forgot to do the pass and fail thing. Oh yeah, um, that's kind of important. Yeah, but uh, but but I mean, I, I learned from it. Those, but, the pass and fail thing you're talking about, like the COVID deal that exactly, exactly. that uh, the university offered for some courses. I don't think we're going to see that again. Uh, I mean, from I here until it. the next pandemic. I, guess. I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just you know, a couple years from now, next pandemic, whatever. <laughs> uh, I digress. 
really for my what doesn't kill you makes you uh, makes you stronger thing is I remember somebody in high school telling me that, you know, what high school really teaches you is that if you're going to uh, if you're going to be late to your first class in the day, you may as well be like super late and like get breakfast or something so you're not hungry because there's no difference between being like five minutes late and being uh, 30 minutes late. It just goes down as late, of course, depending on who your teacher is or whatever. They might cut you some slack, but just in the in the long run, a tardy is a tardy, and that was kind of like for high school. Well, what I've kind of found out for college, depending on the syllabus for the professor, because each professor does have their own take on it, yeah. is you know a late assignment is it, sometimes it's just might as well be super late assignment. You know that if you're going to turn it in an hour past its deadline if the professor's like a stickler like no that's late so it's going to have points off you may as well just take like the extra 12 hours and and make sure it's not rushed or something there's there's teachers that don't even uh do late i mean uh points off for late assignments i've had a couple teachers that uh, oh i couldn't turn it in because my wife i went out and they're like oh don't worry about it here uh, have an extension until wednesday so like, so like thank you it, it would not be worth it in that case to uh to break your back trying to find like Starbucks Wi-Fi or something to to really uh, bust your chops for no for lack of a better term exactly. of get that assignment submitted. There's there's no extra benefit to you. Sometimes it's easier to just be like, hey, you know, gonna take the easy way out on this. One. And at the end of the day, I mean, if it's already late and uh, you have, I mean, you're five minutes late and you think, okay, maybe I should take an extra twelve hours because it's worth the same uh, downgrade of points. And trying to make the essay a little bit quality, like try to make the quality of the assignment a little better. And sometimes, if the professors, if the professor notices that you did actually put in the work to, for this assignment and you didn't just jot it down and turn it in five minutes late, uh, they'll give you an ex- they'll give you a, a pass. So they'll be like, okay, I mean, you actually worked on this. Yeah, got a. I'm not sure if professors see it all the time or not, but pretty much every single assignment I've ever like I've submitted within the past year and a half has been submitted at 11.59 p.m. Yeah. Every single one of them, like, without fail. It's a terrible, terrible habit of a procrastinator. Uh, I would say, do what I say, not what I do. Uh, you definitely should not be doing that. But <laughs> regardless, that is what ends up happening. And I, I just kind of wonder how they how they feel about that. Like, do you think that they see that often? Or do they, or do they like, it's like, oh, he did get it in. Uh, yeah, I think I, I saw a meme actually pretty recently where like, it's like the professor waiting for the, for the assignment to get in and then the assignment gets in at 11.59 with two milliseconds and they're like, oh, he's good. He's good. But, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if the professors actually appreciate that or, or they don't appreciate that if they see that it's, an assignment was turned in at 11.59. Um, Probably. but I've definitely turned in my fair share of 11.59 assignments and, um, and I've gotten pretty well with it so far. I've also turned in my fair share of 1201 assignments. You you don't want to, like, that one gets more dicey. For the most part, you could probably get away with it, but you're, you're, uh, you're not in your own territory at that there, point. There are some professors that are like, don't worry about it. I remember there was this one time that I had a group project and my, and my, and my partner didn't do anything about it. So, uh, so I turned it in uh, 1213. And then I emailed him and he was like, you're not going to get punished for 13 minutes late don't worry about it i was like okay 13 minutes late yeah you got to remember teachers are people too yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) they they, they do understand 
some people will will uh be hard on you and sometimes that's for the better just because i mean they want you to learn how to be uh once you actually get to the workplace they but, want there to be a line and you cross if you're on one side of the line you're fine if you're not well i can't help you, you know what i feel like i don't know for some reason like the the the, the school and and life in general is always preparing you for the next big thing but the next big thing is not as hard as they prepared you for. Like when I was in middle school, they were preparing you <laughs> yeah. for high school and they were like, oh, when you get to high school, this is not going to be acceptable. And then uh, once you get to high school, they're like, oh, when you get to college, this is definitely not going to be acceptable. Your professors will fail you. And then you get to college and they're like, well, I mean, you can turn it in. But when you get to the workplace, it's probably not going to be acceptable. And then you get to the workplace and people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, just turn it in. I mean, life happens. I've seen it like in professional uh, professional standards where where people are not as hardcore on you on like late assignments or, or things like that because they're like, okay, I mean, life happens. And if you had to worry about some other things that you, that you have to work on, as long as everything is getting done by some sort of deadline, they'll be fine with it. And I feel, I feel really funny about it. Cause I mean, high school was harder for me than college. Um, just because they wanted me to be structured. They wanted like, you had to go every single day at six, 10 AM. So oh, it's like, man. So for me, for me, that's what, that was the experience. Um, and, and then I feel like life is always preparing you for the next big, uh, next big thing. And then the next big thing is not as heavy as you think it is. Yeah. I mean, just think, think about it. We, there, there's a class called pre-kindergarten. There's a class to prepare you for kindergarten. If that doesn't say it all, I don't know what does. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be like, oh, when you get to kindergarten, <laughs> this is not going to be acceptable. You call it outside of the lines. How dare you? You need to know your alphabet. <laughs> no, but even then, like, I think even in the professional stand, like here right now, when I'm doing technical directing for UT News in Spanish, I feel like technical directing for UT News in Spanish is harder. It's going to be harder than once I actually get to the workplace. Why? Because... First of all, here I have to worry about that and a hundred of other things, assignments that I have to do on the other classes. And second of all, I depend a lot on my classmates turning their stuff in so that I can build a rundown. And if they don't turn it in on time, I can't build a rundown. Once I get to the professional stands, people will have to turn it in on time. And I will have time, a lot of time to build a rundown and stuff like that. So I feel like even now in my profession, in my career, it's going to be easier once I actually get to the workplace that, or rather than career. And I think that's, that's encouraging to me. Yeah. I feel I feel good about it. You feel prepared? I feel prepared. <laughs> some some it's, sort of prepared. It's, it's working a little bit, I guess. Now, of course, this is not the truth for everyone. I know people that have gone out of high school and come into college and they're like, what? What is this? Like, like they're blown out a of the way. A book? <laughs> what is a book? <laughs> I have never seen that thing in my life. I have to read a book? How dare you? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, have you ever heard about John, John Mulaney? He's, he's a comedian. I have not. He was, he was joking about college and he was like, I paid $120,000 to be an English major. I paid $120,000 for someone to tell me to read Jane Austen and then I didn't. And I'm like, <laughs> that's true. I mean, there's some, some uh, what's it called? I, I know people that have paid $500 for a, book, a textbook and then didn't read it throughout the whole semester. I'm like, Jesus Christ, $500 could have gone so well into other things. Every single major we've interviewed for this show, without prompting from us, without any kind of... Uh, without any kind of, I guess, prep, or, right, or, anything, has always said, uh, 
take a look at your class. Don't buy the textbook immediately. Take a look at the class, see how it goes, and then decide if you need the textbook. Absolutely. Every single one of them. If there's anything to learn from the show, that's probably it, in all honesty. <laughs> that and TCC. <laughs> that, yeah, community college is cheap. <laughs> at the same time, like we're single-handedly increasing the sales by to TCC and lowering the sales to textbooks <laughs> for, just with this show. And I'm kind of proud of it. University professors hate them. <laughs> Have you seen those those ads in in the website? It's like doctors don't want you to know about the secret. <laughs> the secret. So no, you'll never guess how he can hold his breath for this long. <laughs> so we're kind of that for the ad. The ad for this show is going to be professors are not going to want you to to hear this podcast. Uh, all right. So. Moving on, we talk a lot about like kind of accomplishments that uh, with when we have guests on the show, we, like what what accomplishments do you look do they look to get while still in college? You know what what makes them uh, feel like they are they're secure and being able to get a job after graduating, that kind of stuff, things to put on resume. But I kind of want to talk about accomplishments in college that you can't put on a resume. Because, like, you know, just those personal victories, those, those personal struggles where it's like you, you can look back and say, yeah, I did that. Or, you, you know, may, maybe a little bit of a different intonation and you just like, I did that? Incredulous. I don't know. I think it like, is. Just for, for an example, I guess, is that somehow, some way, even though it definitely should not have happened, I have made it through, uh, I think, three and a half years at this point at UTA, commuting every single, every single time. Uh, I'm on campus, never, never living in the area, so never walking, and I've never been ticketed by UTA police. i never ticketed whatsoever. I've parked in the wrong parking spots before. I've, uh, I've gone to, I think there was like a couple weeks, my permit had been expired and I didn't know, and so I was just parking without a permit for a couple weeks for like hours at a time, and somehow it just didn't get caught in those types of deals but then also i do try to follow the rules for the permits and everything so a lot of the a lot of the majority of the time actually did earn that but like you can't put that on a resume though like never ticketed by uta police it, it is an accomplishment you just, <laughs> you just can't put it in a resume if you're unfamiliar with a uta's parking situation oh, i try I, I don't i'm gonna get the year wrong it was about a, a decade ago at this point when my brother was at, when my oldest brother was going to UTA. They uh, they used a, a lot of money to completely revamp the way that parking enforcement is able to ticket people. They spent a lot of money on like license license plate scanners and like the the set of the the current permit setup that they have now. Like the the student body, to my understanding, was kind of outraged by it because like all of this money got spent on being able to extort more money from students essentially and it was like tuition money and things like that of course uta didn't care those guys graduated and it's it's just a, it's a footnote now you spend money to make money you spend money to make money right i think um it's funny how things that are very like would have been very outrageous back then are just kind of normal now like for example like it would have been very outrageous how much they're charging for parking now back in the day. But now it's just, okay. $210 for a year permit. Imagine telling that to a 1990s student or a 1990s, like a 2000, early 2000 student. It would be like, what the? I'm not paying that. <laughs> so true. I've had personal victories. I just can't think of one like specifically right now. I mean, I, I, I do. Successfully I, talking Julian out of an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have. I, and I, th I do think that's a personal victory because I, I don't think a lot of people can say that they have. <laughs> but, but you could never put that on a resume. Exactly. I mean, you can't really like, 
I convinced Julian of doing this. <laughs> Figured out the absolute best, uh, best route from my house to the UTA parking lot. I know every single bump in the road and turn to make. I know which lights, if I get caught at red, to turn to a right. <laughs> I spent so many years in the, like, so many hours throughout the years in the car going from my house to UTA that I would be able to do it blindfolded. However, I would never include that on my resume. The things sad. you pick up. <laughs> it's sad, it's sad. I don't think there's a single place in campus that you can tell me about and I'm like, oh, I don't know that place. I didn't have a car before. My first year in camp, my first two years in campus, I didn't have a car. So I used to walk around and just like go explore, especially my first year because I didn't have a lot to do. I actually did that too. So I just walked around. I even walked around to downtown Arlington, which is a pretty cool place. It's not a lot to do, but it's a pretty cool place. The other thing is like, I went around asking what people wanted in downtown Arlington. Not a lot of people gave me good ideas. Like we know that there's something needed in downtown Arlington. Just we don't know what. (laughs) Here's the problem with trying to get something into downtown Arlington. If you're at like pretty much Fort Worth and Dallas have whatever Arlington would would want to make. Mm -hmm. And so you'd be competing with something that's already there. Of course, it would be closer, but then you'd have to convince the people in Arlington, hey, it's worth a shot going, and it's it's kind of a risky venture. But just to kind of close the topics about uh, accomplishments you can't put on a resume, that's actually why this show is a thing, is because I knew way too much about college, and I wanted to put it on my resume. Yeah, I could put it on my resume. I think I think, co-hosted a radio show. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just what's it called? Well, usually is like, well, the jobs I'm going to be applying to are more video based, and they're like, okay, well, I guess radio. But, but, um, but I absolutely can post this on a resume because, um, what's it called? At the end of the day, I really want wanted to do this just because I want to help out people, <laughs> and I feel like this is going to. I really feel excited about this project. So, this is an accomplishment that and, I will be able to put on my resume. Oh, so. Something that this show has with just college in general is, at least to my understanding, employers like to see that candidates can uh, stick to a goal and finish the goal. So when you have a radio show that's two hours once a week, every week, and you can show them, yeah, I had that goal. I stuck to the goal. There's the podcast. There's the history. There's whatever to prove it. Uh, I think that uh, reflects well on you. It's kind of like the same with, yeah. I went to college and got a degree. That means that I went in, went to my classes, paid enough attention in class to at least get a C. I uh, <laughs> kept up with stuff long enough to be able to get out of it. Showed that I was could I could be dedicated to a specific topic for an elongated period of time. Commitment. Commitment. Right. Commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, that's what most people look like. We look for in the workplace because I mean they want you to work there for quite a while, at least. Uh, usually yeah usually yeah. i i mean i'm i'm proud of what i've done here uh i look at i'm i'm really going to be sad when i leave campus because i really like arlington i really like uta uh i'm really thankful for what this university is giving me uh including the parking fees <laughs> including the parking tickets wow you're, wow how about that <laughs> i'm just getting nostalgic now cuz i'm thinking about all the all the things i was going through do you have any stories that you can think of where you got away with something where kind of like point back to you is like, yeah, it should not have worked out that way, but it went in my favor anyway. I do but in one of them, but at one of them, I know that I can't say for sure because I'm pretty sure it's uh, like, a, it's, it's one of those things that you could maybe expe- get expelled for. Let me consult with my lawyer first. Yes. And then, and then I'll get back <laughs> maybe to you. Maybe during break. <laughs> during Thanksgiving while, while I'm 
cooking and everything. I'll consult with my lawyer and I'll get back to you on that one. But, but other than that, I think, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, turning in assignments at 11.59 and still right. getting an A on them, I think is pretty. You know what? Yes. I, what's it called? I did not, for the second time around when I was taking my German, my second German class, I was a lot more, well, a lot less focused on it because I was like, okay, this is my second semester. Well, this is my third semester of, of college. I think like I kind of have a hang of it and I started working for um, for Amazon. So I was more focused in my job than in, in actually turning in work and doing the studying and doing all that stuff. I used to have outlines that are very specific things but uh, but now I just kind of like wing, winged it because I thought, okay, so far winging it has been working for me. So, and then, then there was this specific week where I had not studied at all for the exam and I had an exam on German, on German. And especially if you don't know German pronouns, you're really going to get messed up once you actually get to the thing. I went into that exam thinking that I was for sure for sure gonna fail that exam like if not fail like i was gonna get at least a 70 like that that was the maximum i was uh i was allowing myself to and then i didn't count on the fact that she put a lot of bonus questions in there because my professor was absolutely amazing and nice and then the other ones i just kind of like guessed that i kind of like brought on from what i've known before and mm -hmm. stuff like that I got a hundred and five in that test with the bonus questions, what and I didn't world? definitely didn't have like I definitely didn't have the knowledge to get a hundred and five. You what know, like in the world, <laughs> specifically multiple choice questions. You have twenty five percent. You have a twenty five. If you're just guessing, if you're just point blank shooting, you have a twenty five percent chance of getting the answer right. There is no way that you should be able to get above an A if you're just guessing and getting above. So. I answered all of the questions right. I answered all of the, uh, like I I answered all of the bonus questions right, and I had a couple of mistakes on the other one, but I got 105 in that test, and I had I should definitely not have gotten 105 in that test. Well, something very similar to to that story is uh, when I decided to do my Spanish minor, I was like, "There's no way this is going to go well. This is going to go well." But then COVID hit, so all the all the tests got turned into open book. So that that I definitely got away with that one. I got through a couple classes through uh, from my minor uh, with with good grades that I'm not sure I would have been able to to without open book tests. Uh, I think COVID got uh, got uh, gave everybody one of those things, like one of those at least situations. I remember there was this person, there was a, like, there was a story they were doing about like, do you miss online classes or do you not miss online classes? And there was this girl that was like saying, absolutely. Cause I feel like it was easier. It was less stressful. It was important for my mental health and all that stuff. And I'm like, I was just looking at it. I was like, I know that you're just saying that because you took Quizlet while you were like, you were looking at Quizlet while you were doing the exams. You didn't learn anything. <laughs> that's what, that's what I thought. Uh, was it, but yeah, I mean, I think, Quizlet has been a really big clutch on on, on not only my college career, also my high school career. Uh, it made way more of a difference in my high school career than it did my college. I think so, yeah. yeah. I remember my AP US history, specifically my AP US history uh, class, which was really hard. Was, like My AP US history class in high school was harder than any other class that I've ever taken in my life. And so, I have no idea why. I actually went to two different high schools, and that was the case for both high schools, is that everybody, without fail, complained about AP, uh, AP US history. I don't know why. And it, like, it didn't, it, like, at the end of the day, it wasn't worth it because I failed my AP test anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy. But uh, I was actually proud of myself for, for doing my AP US history class, just finishing the class with an A. Um, was was a big accomplishment to me. So the story that I wanted to share with uh, getting like uh, catching a lucky break, I'll, I'll put it like that: catching a really lucky break. 
was actually my Texas government course. Uh, I think that was my sophomore year. It was a it was a course that you probably like. It was very book work heavy, memorization heavy. Uh, you you had questions from from the book and also from lecture, so you kind of needed both of them. I didn't buy the book, so I was only do, doing it based off of lecture and then just trying to use piecemeal information from the lecture to try to fill in gaps and uh, and what the book in the book questions, which uh, maybe worked about fifty percent of the time, and it kind of showed on my tests. Uh, There's definitely some parts where I I did not. Like I should have done better on that those parts of the test, but because I didn't have the book, I actually couldn't do better. It's, of course, that's my own fault for not getting the book at that point. But I kind—I was like one of those guys who just kind of copies the PowerPoint because uh, uh, for for like the lecture thing. Because if it's on the PowerPoint, it's important, and most likely it's in the test. That's usually how professors set it up, unless if professors just like hate their class or something. So it's. Like there's a couple way to take notes. The way I've always done it is just handwrite notes. That's how, that's how I work best. So I, I literally copy the PowerPoint slides down into a notebook, and so uh, it gets to a point where I tune the teacher out, and I'm and I'm just copying the PowerPoint notes at that point. But uh, just during like one one random moment of clarity, I decided to tune in to what the lecture was saying, and like as the teacher says, "Oh, and by the way, the final exam." Is going to be a compilation of different questions from the four previous tests. So it was a it was a class with four tests, and then the final exam took uh, tw- like twenty five questions from each of the tests that were fifty questions long, and just you had like a hundred question t- uh, final exam at the end. And so I I managed to catch that part. That this was kind of early in the year, and I just made a note of it in my notebook just be- just because I heard it and I found it interesting. And then at the end. Near the end of the year, I tuned in for a random time as uh, once again, and she said, "Yeah, and if uh, if you want to look over uh, your, your previous exams, uh, you can schedule office hours with me." And I'm like, "Aren't our previous exams the uh, like? Isn't the final exam just the previous exams? And now they've all been graded and have the right answers on it." So I made the appointment, and I spent like two hours looking at every single question on every single exam I got wrong, copying it down and copying the answer because I really needed that final grade on the test. So obviously I had to put a lot of work in at the end there, the two hours for like office hours and stuff like that. I didn't pay attention to almost any of the lecture at all. I operate on a PowerPoint basis where I see the PowerPoint, I copy the PowerPoint and that's really it. But I managed to tune in at like the exact two moments that I needed to in order to be able to to turn that grade around and, and be able to get the grade I wanted. Just in general, I think in, throughout my academic career, I've been very lucky to have the brain that I do. Because <laughs> I mean, like I, I spent I remember spending a lot of my childhood being very focused on improving my memory. I don't know why, but I'm really thankful, thankful that I did. Because uh, I've been able to use it quite a while. It's been to the point where I don't really need to study for a test. If I just glance over the questions uh, before I go into the test and I know the answers, I can just do the test without any problem. It happened to me like on the on this last uh, on the last test that I took on uh, for my social media class. The test is exactly the same questions of the quizzes in the book. Mm-hmm. So I just went to the chapters in the book. I did the quizzes, and I just looked at the ones that I had wrong. Because the ones that I had right, I was already going to remember anyway. Because right. I was going to get them right. But I looked at the ones that I had wrong. I just changed those answers. And I got a 98 on the test. 
because the only two questions that I got wrong were the in the class discussion. I don't know. Like, as soon as I saw in class discussion, I was like, okay, I don't know that one. And C circle square shoe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, usually I go for B, B when I don't know. I always go C. As long as you're consistent, though. Exactly, exactly. I, <laughs> I, I don't know why I go B. I think it was because I watched an episode of The Simpsons where they, they said that, and I was like, okay, I just kind of internalized. No way. So I choose C because I watched an episode of Ben 10, and he's like, <laughs> the answer's always C. I'm just like, all right, if I have to guess, I'll put C. That's what it was. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's... it's the sister is like, if you don't know the answer to a question, you just circle B and move on. And then Bart is circling B on every single question. <laughs> and he was like, not in every question. <laughs> I think there was another one. Um, I remember my, my political science professor, he did a test and he got the results of the test back. And it was like, he always used to go over which question was the most wrongly answered, I guess. And it, the one that like over 90% of the class got wrong was the something 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 and then none of the above because no one picked none of the above and none of the above was the answer and he was like why did none of you pick none of the above you know the answer to this it's like oh we've just kind of internalized this from high school because they told us in high school that you like the answer is almost never uh, none of the above it's always all of the above or both a and b but mm. never none of the above. exactly and then he was like really that's what they taught you in high school and we were like yeah and then he was like okay next test he made all of the questions, none of the above, <laughs> except for one. And then everyone was really like sweating it because they were looking at him like, I, 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 surely none, like, surely not all of them are none of the above. And none of the above was always E. So like, you're not about to circle all E's for the whole test. Except for one. <laughs> <laughs> except for, and like, I was just like, I looked at it, I was like, this is hilarious. I think this is really, really funny. It's uh, a professor with a sense of humor. I really like the professor. He gave us a curve on that test just because he was like, okay, this, it was a joke. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things where you internalize things. I mean, you. I remember, I actually remember it was my first year in the U.S. when I came here and my teacher told me, and I circled none of the above, and my teacher told me, just as a tip, like, it's almost never none of the above, so just don't circle none of the above. I was like, okay. So I just internalized that. That is definitely a professor basis, like, by professor thing that you need to look out for because some professors will never do that. But yeah. then other ones will have no, will have no problem doing it. So. I do I do understand the concept behind it. It's just kind of like, if, if you don't know the answer, why would you pick none of the above? I mean, like, the answer's not there. Huh. I, I wonder if that's something you could ask the professor like, during syllabus day when they're like, so are there any questions? Just raise your hand and be like, are you one of those teachers that uh, ever puts none of the above as an answer? <laughs> That'd be a really funny... You'd, you'd get one person to laugh, but then like everybody else would probably be like, man, Look, what an idiot. Uh, <laughs> and then no, and, and then the professor would probably start putting none of the above questions on the, on the test. Uh, d does the saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, apply to a college setting? Um... You know, just short answer. I would say yes. Maybe, probably could uh, go get, get in a little bit deeper on that. I don't know. Do you even agree with me? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely think so. Um, I've got a lot of um, help from my professors just because I've spoken to them before or after the class. I remember hearing before I came to college, there was this, uh, uh, the whole thing, like kind of like college etiquette that they try to teach you in high school. And I don't believe that they're, it's always right. But they always used to tell me, uh, introduce yourself to the professor on the first day. Uh, what's it called? Make sure you sit in front. Make sure you answer questions. Make sure you participate. Make sure you blah, 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 blah. And there's a lot of things that, yes, you could use towards your college education. But specifically, I noted that on the first day when you came into the class and you were just sitting there, there was a lot of 
preppy people that at the end of the class, as soon as the class ended, swarmed the professor with just a bunch of people trying to introduce themselves. And like, they didn't have anything, like, any questions or anything. They just wanted to introduce themselves and make themselves known. And I don't think that's the way they, to do it. Like, at least for me, I don't think like if the swarm of people just, just got to the professor and started talking to the professor just randomly, I don't think that's a very good way to make yourself known. Uh, what I did was, uh, after a while, not the first day, but after a while, I kept answering questions from the professor and he kept asking my name because he was like, okay, well, like, because he noticed that I kept answering questions. And, uh, as like, as it went on, like he started knowing that like, okay, Danny is the one that's going to start answering some questions. And then I started going to him after classes. If I actually had something to talk to him about, mm -hmm. uh, usually try to find something in common uh with the professor sometimes i even follow them on like instagram and social media stuff like that and like linkedin kind of thing yeah yeah so then like get to know them a little bit better and then if i had something in common maybe even like ask them about it and stuff like that so i feel like there's better ways to connect with your professor other than that just swarm him in the first day of class and make sure they like, try to make sure that he knows your name for for some no reason at all yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but first day of class is syllabus day. There's not any assignments. You're not. You're, there shouldn't be anything that you need to to try to have to ask for forgiveness or ask for special permission for something. Yeah. That, that's the basics of the basics. It's pretty much when there's a relationship, I want to establish like a professional relationship. What I usually do is I try to uh, to show them that I keep my promises. So uh, bef before asking for anything, things of that nature, like if, if I know something's coming up in the future, let, first of all, let them know something's coming up uh, before, like before the week of. And then when I say that, yeah, so th this is coming up, I'm going to turn in my assignment here. I'm just letting you know in the future because this might be the case again. And then you, you go and you turn it in the time that you say that you're going to turn it in. It's pretty much setting something and then following through with it. And I think that like that demonstration of just that very simple one, two combo is like gets people to feel more at ease that you're not trying to cheat them uh, because you say, because you've shown them, I keep my end of it. So a little bit of trust uh, is warranted there. Uh, and I think that really goes a long way. Sorry, you were about to say something. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to pull up my commentary. So what I found to be really helpful with professors, especially now that we're in the setting of most of the classes are not in person or some of the classes are not in person, uh, and especially the assignments. The assignments are usually like you don't turn them in in person, like on paper, you just turn them into Canvas. So what I've done, what I've gotten used to now is like every time I turn in an assignment, I add a commentary to the assignment. So I would just write it like a small paragraph, like, after you submit the assignment, it's like, good afternoon, professor. My name is whatever, whatever. Uh, I just wanted to tell you that uh, your lecture really helped me understand this assignment, and, and I hope you enjoy what I've written, uh, blah, 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 blah. That's usually, like, my, my formula to get into their, 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 like, their good side, I guess. Well, just on their radar. Yeah. It's not even necessarily on their good side. Obviously, flattery is, it's flattery and everything. Professor's probably seen it all, but... The fact that you added a comment to your to your submission is par is something not a lot of people do, so that's at least memorable. Exactly, and it, like I mean, that, that means you took the time after you submitted your assignment to just thank them to for for their their way that they, they're explaining their lecture. That means that you're being helpful. And from twenty assignments that they've had to uh, read and go through and all that stuff, and all of them pretty looks pretty much looks the same, then they're gonna get a little break from it by looking at your comment and being like, "Oh, this guy is nice." 
And then it puts, like, if they look at it before they read your assignment, it puts the assignment in a different light. Because now they don't go into it like, oh, there's just another one of the assignments with another one might, of the Marshall It same. might still be a garbage essay, but it was a garbage essay written by a nice guy. Exactly. 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 You know, and, and like, I don't know, I think I've talked to you about this before. It's like, a lot of the times when I'm, when I'm reading an essay, when I'm reading something in general, it very much depends on what voice I'm reading it with. We talked about this during uh, when we talked about teacher recommendations. And applications. And applications. For, like, for, yeah, 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 yeah. So if I'm reading it with a bad voice, usually like I just go into it and I, and I get bored of the assignment pretty quickly. I get bored of the essay pretty quickly. But if I get a comment from that person and I already have that person in a good light in my, in my mind, like, this is just subconscious things that happen. When I read the essay, it's going to be different than if I read the person, if I read the essay of a person that I've already had in a, other stuff and I don't really like him. And I'm like, well, I know I understand that how that works. I understand how that happens. So now that I, that I'm going to employ that to my benefit, I'm going to try to get the professor in a good light first. And now every time she reads my assignments, she's going to look at the name. And she's going to be like, oh, this is Danny. This is a nice guy. This is the guy that always comments. And this is the guy that emails me to thank me about what's going about the way that I'm explaining things or whatever, whatever. Well. Commenting about the the way that they delivered lectures online is like just from a pragmatic view. You 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 were probably being truthful. I I I know your character and all that stuff. I I doubt that that was just empty flattery. But just from a pragmatic point of view, even if it was empty flattery, that's kind of genius because professors have never had to do this before. They've never had to uh, convert their lectures onto online, and they've probably gotten next to zero feedback on it. They have, they're just kind of putting stuff out in the dark and, and hoping it's working. So uh, the fact that you went out of your way to say that it worked, that's, that's going to give them a reaction of relief that uh, they did something correct about it. Yep. And if you do it enough times, you kind of like just get the built-in response of like that, that sense of relief gets put with, put with your essay. Humans in general look for validation a lot of the times, not only know, college I students. <laughs> so I know, I do. <laughs> college students are always in need of validation, but professors do need them too. So like sometimes they are nervous about the way that they're teaching the class. I know that uh, there was a professor that was really concerned about his attendance uh, in classes. And he was like, I don't like, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. I don't know if like he, he asked me, I was like, no, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I think it's just like, after the pandemic, the students have just got lazy and they just don't want to come to class. Right? True. Like, that's, that's basically what it is. But he was very self-conscious about how, um, like, his attendance was affected. And I felt bad for him. Uh, so I always made sure to be there. Uh, and, and he's noticed that I've been there every single time. Like, I haven't missed classes for something. And when I do miss class, I run him an email saying why I missed class. Unlike everyone else that just... Class. Right. And those emails are extremely important because it's especially for online classes, but even even in in-person classes, it shows that you consider their class not just during class time. Uh, when you take a look at your schedule and you know that you're going to be out of town, uh, you don't ask the professor permission to, to go out of town. That's not something you do in college. You just go out of town. But it's still going to reflect on your attendance. And so letting the professor know why you're missing their class paints you in a completely different light than somebody who just completely skipped out. Uh, because like, like you said, they, especially right now, they can be very self-conscious about that. But at the same time, you, if, if you 
just send email after email and their their lies and their and it and it gets tiring. That's going to wear itself then extremely quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't take advantage of of uh, the good kindness of professors. A lot of them have a good heart. Don't take advantage of it because at the end of the day, um, they have a lot more students to deal with. And if you're the one that's always asking for for um, things and stuff like that. They're not stupid. Yeah. They, they teach get, a college-level course. They're going to get tired of it eventually. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, what's it called? I think that... So the ways that I do this is... A, would be letting them know that I'm going out of town if, if, if I'm ever going out of town. The other thing that I do is... Or just if, the, if a problem is in the future and you know that the problem is in the future, let them know, I would say, at least a week early. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is my, like my ways of getting connected with, with professors. The other one is uh, uh, commenting about the way they are, they're teaching, like uh, letting them know that they're doing a good good job validating them. Write in a comment after you submit your assignment. Just Maybe you can even describe the assignment. Sometimes uh, I added a little bit of a joke in the assignment. And then you have to get a feel for your professors before you do this, because uh, if you do add a joke in, in your assignment, like, like just something slight comment and stuff like that, it does go well with most professors because they appreciate that they've had to grade 20 papers that look the same <laughs> and then you like stood out out of the bunch because you added a, a funny comment and they laughed. But, you know, a scientific research paper is not the time for the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to fill it out because, I mean, you're not going to put a joke like, uh, no, no, <laughs> in a paper, a five-page essay about the Holocaust. You're not. <laughs> I certainly hope not. <laughs> so that's not the time to, to add jokes in, in the paper. And not, not at least jokes that it would be appreciated. It's time and place for everything. Uh, exactly. So uh, so you have to fill out your professors. You have to fill out the assignment before you do that. But that's definitely another way that I've... Uh, if, I, if I added a joke to my assignment and like I just let them know in a comment after I submitted my assignment, it's like, I hope you enjoy reading my assignment. And then they notice like, oh, that's why he said this. And then they do. Uh, and then the other way uh, would be... Office hours, probably? Yeah. I've, I've... So, I, I think office hours, but you should go in having a specific question. Yes. And, like, and there's a lot of things that, that people think that if they just go... Like, people just go like, okay, so I have to get the professor on the good side of my on their own. I have to get on the good side I'm going to visit professor. them one time during office hours and I'm set. That's not how it works. Exactly. And it's like, like they do the very basic things that, that people usually do to get on the good side they of the, inter- the professor. They introduce themselves the first day. They maybe go to one office hour and then that's it. They check out. It's And I've specifically, I've noticed when they introduce themselves to the professor on the, on the first day and then, and then they try to talk to the professor on other days and then they try to go to office hours that they don't have any questions at all. They, you can see them making them up as they're, as they're talking to the professor. And I'm like, you definitely didn't prepare for this. Or sometimes when they, they, they already had a question prepared, it's the dumbest question you've ever heard. And it has <laughs> nothing to do with whatever we're doing. The has the opposite, that has the opposite effect, by Exactly. The, way. <laughs> the professor just looks at you and is like... <laughs> yes, when I said a five-page paper, I did mean five pages. I remember... So I remember... Um, my professor, my political science professor, at the beginning of the, the semester, he said, um, what's it called? If one of you in the class gets, uh, gets a ban in Arlington of leaf blowers, of gas motor leaf blowers, I will give everyone an A in the class. Everyone. And I thought that was a very random thing to do. But, okay. And then he gave us and like and, and he said, "I'll even be nice to you, and I, I'll show you some of the research that I've that I've done about gas uh, gas uh, powered leaf blowers, and I'll put it I'll post it up to Canvas. You guys go read it, 
And if you think you can get a, a ban on gas blown glass power leaf blowers, I'll give everyone an A on the class. Like he wanted students to. Oh, well, he, are are you saying that he's asking the students to be activists to ban it? Yeah. Okay. So if if they became activists and got the ban through, he would have given a, a, the A. Exactly. Okay. And then he lowered it. He even lowered it because at the first he said citywide in Arlington. And then he lowered it to, okay, I can settle for a campus ban of gas-powered leaf blowers. And I was like, okay, I think that's, that's achievable. Uh, so I looked at the research paper, uh, like at the research and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? This is just going to take a lot of time in, in, out of my day. And I'd rather just focus on the assignments. And mess with a lot of people's jobs and facilities. Exactly. <laughs> other than that. Other than that. I, 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 did, I did work for facilities for a little bit. So that's exactly where my mind jumped to. Sorry. Other than that, that especially like raising tuition money. Because, I mean, now we have to get <laughs> other types of labor lowers. But no, um, and I remember there was this girl that. Uh, There's always a girl. Had <laughs> she had connections with the VP, with the student student body vice president, and then in class she raised her hands and she had a comment because she wanted to show off in the middle of class. I, I understand, I understood this because she was showing off to her friends first and, and before the class started, and then she raised her hand and she told, she was like, "So I had a connection with the with the vice president of uh, like the student body vice president, and he said he would be open to talk to." to talk about uh, a campus-wide ban of gas leaf blowers, like to push it through the Senate of uh, the Student Senate. Uh, so we just need, as she said, so we just need you to talk to him to convince him uh, of doing the, uh, the, the gas ban, and uh, the, the leaf blower ban. And he was like, what? He, and he said, yeah, I mean, you, we just need you to talk to the vice president to, in order to, to get the gas ban. And he was like, I'm not talking to anyone. I the did, assignment I was you, to get you to do it. I told you guys, if you guys uh, submit the, uh, what's it called, get the the, the campus by a ban, and I even gave you my research. I didn't have to. If you, if I actually wanted you to do some research, like you could have done some research on your own, but I even gave you my research on, on, gas, on leaf blowers. I am not talking to anyone. I'm definitely not talking to anyone. And, uh, and I was just like, you completely blew it. I mean, you had an option of at least pushing it through the Senate. I don't think it would have passed, but at least pushing it through the Senate, and you blew it. And I'm like, that that is that is not a good way to get on the professor's good side. That's like the professor already knows that you're a person that doesn't want to do their work because you want the prof we wanted the professor to do the work for you, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's and not also means she wasn't listening to what he said during the assignment. Exactly. Participating at any point in the class does not equate the professor's going to be uh, nice to you. Uh, like, don't don't believe that. And just <laughs> learning out things from your mouth just because you think that's a good way to get the professor on a good side. Please make sure that you understand the concept before you ask or before you, if you actually have a genuine question, go ahead. If you just want to comment about, if you just want to chat with a professor, chat with a professor other than that, trying to make him believe that you understand the, the, the concept of what he's talking about when you don't. It's, it's really bad <laughs> when you do. I've seen it done. It is really bad. I think, I think it's a Mark Twain quote. He's better to stay silent and have everyone think you might be stupid than opening your mouth and, get, and getting rid of all doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, I paraphrased it a little bit there, but think, think that, uh, think that has some truth right about here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, it's, it's definitely, you have to talk to your professors and all that stuff, but do it the right way. Don't, 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 I don't mean, just. Depending on the class that you might not have to, if it's, if it's an easy class and you, the assignments are straightforward and you feel like you can do well in it, 
uh, thing, things are going to go smoothly. You know, those great classes where the where the professor understands that this is not a class that you need and this is not a class that you're going to use in the future. So they're like, you know what, you're just going to do your assignments. And See, those are, the, those are the professors that get the people that come up and have to make the questions on the spot because everything they say during lecture is so like basic and straightforward to what you need to know for the test that there's literally nothing to question. It's I told like in my aerospace class, I just told you that the Apollo 11 was built at this time. There's not a question that goes with that. You don't need to know who built it. You don't need to know uh, all this stuff. If you're like super interested in, in that sort of thing, maybe you can talk about it in an upper level, upper, upper level class. But in astronomy 101, you don't need to talk about that. So coming up and asking those types of like questions without any kind of purpose, it's it, it makes you extremely transparent, if nothing else. I took astronomy t at TCC during the summer. It was amazing. It was like it was a great class. Uh, like I, I, I'm not going to use any of that, but it was just an, inter an interesting class to take. But I remember um, the the classes while I, like the synchronous classes were dreadful because I had to deal with with those people asking questions, and it was the dumbest questions. That, like I had a person like halfway through the lecture. He was like, like, because we were talking about the solar system, and then she started talking about like, uh, well, does this apply to continents on Earth? And I'm like, what? And then the the professor was confused as well. Like, no one understood what she was saying. It's like, does does it apply to continents? I'm like, how does loss of like 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 the movement of like like this the planets in the solar system apply to continents? I mean, that that's not what you say. We're in astronomy 101. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> so. For that professor, actually, like we had a semester project about like he just he just said do a PowerPoint presentation about anything in the sp in space. I was like, all right, bet. I, like like I I did a PowerPoint presentation about the connection of the planets to Greek mythology mm. and Roman mythology, but I did a hilarious presentation. And and to be fair with to myself, it was one of the most hilarious. Should have gotten an Oscar for it. Should have been there. I honestly like. It, if not an Oscar, like someone worked for comedy. <laughs> like, it was a really funny presentation. And then he, I wrote him an email with the presentation saying, I hope you enjoy the, the presentation. Uh, and then he wrote me an email back saying, Danny, this is one of the most hilarious presentations I've ever seen in my life. I showed my wife, I made her sit through your presentation because it was so hilarious and we were still laughing about it. I wonder what grade you got. If the professor shows you his wife the work because it was, it was that entertaining, you don't have to worry about that class. And he was like, thank you very much for, for all of your work that you've done in this class and, and, and have a good day. And I was like, I, I guess I got an A. <laughs> Fast forward, I think uh, my my... Fast forward, that was the last day A Danny ever got. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, what's it called? have you, uh, you know, Course Hero? Have you yes, ever? I do. So Quizlet is like Course Hero, but like it has you more. You have to like... pay for Course Hero. Exactly. <laughs> but one time, like if you just look up my name in Google, like I looked up my name in Google and I saw Course Hero. I was like, Course Hero? So I entered Course Hero and apparently some of my assignments for that class, for that astronomy class, are in Course Hero. The professor's making a buck off of your work. That's what I thought. It's like no one else had access to those assignments. Now I'm thinking. That's hilarious. Did the professor just sell my assignments to someone? My name is still on there. Was, I there, think, was there a TA? I, I, uh Yes, there was. It might have been the TA. Maybe. Now I'm thinking. That's, that that a, seems like a TA thing to do. That does. I would have at least blurred my name out, but yeah. But I, like, I just, I just thought it was hilarious. Like that, that's what you find out when you look at my name now. I mean, there's other things first, but then if you look really deep into it, you'll find Course Hero. I'm like, no. 
All right, so just quick summary, what I would do, get into the professor's good graces. Uh, without, you, you don't want to come across as, uh, as the, uh, I'm trying to find, find a polite way to phrase you don't, this. You don't want to come across as the person who's only trying to get into the professor's right. good graces. Like, you want to come across as the, prof- the, the person who, like, what actually who cares, wants to- Who cares about the class. So your actions should be not, how do I get the professor to like me? It's, it should be, how do I show that I care about this class? Exactly. And even if you don't. Even if you don't, yes. Uh, and the way that I would do that is if something comes up that's going to affect your attendance or a problem with the class, let them know early. If, uh, some, if, if you have a question and you don't think that you're going to be able to get it construed correctly through email or you just don't like to use email, uh, show up to their office hours with the specific question. Uh, don't don't email them what time their office hours are. That's on that's on the syllabus. Don't don't try to uh, really make don't make it a hassle for the professor. He's at his office hours. You just show up, ask the question, get your answer, show that you cared about it, and you're good at that point. Absolutely. Um, if if you are asking the professor for a favor, what I would do is uh, try to phrase it in a way where you are saying that you are going to be doing something extra. To try to cover up for the, to try to make up for the fact that you are getting something extra out of it. Like if it's, uh, you can't take the test on the test day, uh, come up, come up and say, hey, can't take the test on the test day. Can I take it a day or two earlier? Or you know, I can't take it this week. If I submit all of my uh, assignments that are due before the test on this day. Do you, could I take it the day after or something? Like show them that you are trying to work with them and not just take from them. If you, you if you follow up on your end of the deal, they they'll be much more comfortable with you as a person and uh, that you are going to do as you say you're going to do. Absolutely. And I think that's just really about it. Uh, I I think it's really going to do it for this edition too. I don't have anything else to go with that. Any last thoughts from you? No. Have a good, uh, have a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Thanksgiving a whole <laughs> lot, but have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, get more rest than I'm think I'm going to be getting. So, thanks for tuning in, everyone. 